Good morning. Uh, we're going to read from Scripture today in the NIV version, Matthew 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. About 18 months ago, uh, my wife and I got to take a trip down to Austin, Texas. It was a, an extended weekend, and we found ourselves in Austin, Texas. And the reason that that trip was so memorable was because we were after two things that weekend. We were after NCAA basketball because it was tournament time, and we were after live music and food. And as long as I was in one of those two places, I was happy, right? And so uh, we can track our whole uh, trip that extended weekend by what we ate. We were KU fans, right? We are KU fans, and so we wanted to find a place to eat with some other KU fans, and so we went to the Black Sheep Lodge because that's where all the KU fans go in Texas, in Austin, Texas. When you're in enemy territory, you got to find a place, you know, to huddle up together. And so we watched uh, the, the tournament there. Um, we... we when you're in Austin, you have to have Tex-Mex, and so we found the original Chewies. Uh, we ate, again, in front of a TV with somebody who was not a KU fan that time. <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, food trucks are popular in Austin, so we found some really good uh, cupcakes at one of the food trucks, and there were lots of uh, little burger stands, and there was never one that we went by where there wasn't a long line, and we had to figure this out. And come to find out there's a little local, you know, f- franchise chain there just in Austin called P. Terry's. And if you ever go through Austin, you need uh, one of their fast, fast food burgers. They are amazing. Um, but probably the thing that we remember most is a place called Franklin's. Anybody know of Franklin's in Austin, Texas? Yeah, we got some Franklin's people back there. Um, we did not know at all about Franklin's. We decided, you know, one morning, it's, uh, we just finished breakfast. We thought, okay, let's plan the rest of the day because it's all about meals, right? And uh, we haven't had barbecue while, while we've been here. And, and if you're in Austin, you've got to have barbecue. And so we uh, use the little box in our pocket and pull up, you know, what's the best place to go eat barbecue in Austin. And Franklin's pops up. And we learned really quickly that uh, there's, a, there's usually a line uh, out the door, down the steps, and through the parking lot. Well, we wheel up to this place, and there's really no line in the parking lot. We're like, uh, okay, maybe this is kind of normal. Maybe they're exaggerating on the phone. I don't know. Uh, so we get in line. We're kind of already at the steps and come to find out that Franklin's is like one of the premier barbecue places in the country. Like, no offense to Casey Joe's or Gates or Arthur Bryant's up there. Uh, they do their thing. But um, Franklin's is kind of <laughs> the next level. 
and Franklin's always has a line, and they are always an exclusive thing to get into because they only cook a certain amount of food for that day, and once, they're, once it's gone, it's gone. And the owner just says, this is what I'm cooking today, and he leaves. You know? and, and so most of the time, you may get in line, but you're probably not going to get in. The guy that we were in line with this was his third time to try to get in the door. He just wanted to see the counter. Just let me see the counter, right? So we just luck into this place at one of the best barbecue spots in the country. And not only did we get in, but the full menu was available to us when we got in. And so Amy and I made the most of it. We ordered like almost everything so we could sample everything. And let me, t- let me just tell you, I saw God in brisket that day. Uh, Casey Joe's, Kansas City thing, they, they are on par with everything else. But the brisket, I'm telling you, God spoke to me in the brisket, okay? And it'll probably never happen again. There's something that happens around a dinner table. There's something that happens when we eat that can't happen other places. As Christ followers, we have this mission that Jesus has given us. We um, talked about that a few weeks ago, and our mission very quickly is to reach and restore and reproduce. We reach people far from God. We restore God's world to be more like God wanted it to be in the first place, and then we reproduce that mission in other people. So we reach and we restore and we reproduce. And one of the ways that we're putting hands and feet to that mission is this word bless, bless. And we started two weeks ago, B is for begin with prayer. L is for listen, because we want to listen to both God when we start with prayer, but we also want to listen to the people around us. And then E is eat, eat, eat. I'm going to make an insane statement. Let let me fill in the blanks for you if you're taking notes, because there are not many notes today. Uh, We need to eat together with Frank, friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, coworkers, and colleagues. We've thrown Frank up there before, and that's who we need to be intentional about eating with. And this is the insane statement that I'm going to make, and I want you to hold it in your head, and by the end of the morning, I want you to decide if you agree with this statement. Here it is. I believe it's possible to save the world by eating. What a great thought, right? I believe that it's possible to save the world by eating. If I asked you to talk about the things that Jesus did while he was on the earth, like like what characterized the person of Jesus Christ, we would point to things like uh, his teaching, uh, his healing, his praying, his his, you know, he enlisted disciples, and uh, he did a lot of miracles. He walked on water and fed thousands of time, and he raised people back to life, and he cast the demons out of people. He opposed the religious leaders, and those religious leaders were so opposed to him that they put him on a cross, and he died on the cross. We would point to that, right? We would point to the fact that he was buried for three days, and then hopefully we'd all point, because we're Jesus followers, to the resurrection, that he died and it was buried, but he rose again, and he lives, right? That's what we would point to. Most of us, all of us, I don't know that I would either, would not point to the eating that Jesus did. And yet, 
as we read the biographies of Jesus, as we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so often they point us to little places like our text today that talk about Jesus eating. There was something beyond eating going on when Jesus and his disciples or whoever he had around him ate because something happens around a dinner table that can't happen in a sanctuary. Now, one of the the examples of Jesus' eating is found in our text today, Matthew chapter 9. It's an event that Matthew writes about himself, okay? So he writes this gospel, he's writing this event, and he is kind of the main player here. And what he writes is that Jesus is walking along, he sees, sees this tax collector named Matthew, which is him, right? And he's at his tax collector's booth, which is kind of like his office. And Jesus walks up to Matthew and says two life-changing words, follow me. And Matthew does. He follows him. Now, in Jesus' day, tax collectors, you probably know this, were considered the scum of the earth. There were lots of jokes that they would have told about tax collectors. Kind of like uh, we tell jokes about uh, lawyers or whatever profession you don't like, okay? We, we say something like, did you hear about the bus of lawyers that went over the cliff? Yeah, that's the good news. The bad news is there was one empty seat, <laughs> right? Yeah. We, tax collectors were on the other end of that kind of joke in Jesus' day. The Roman Empire needed to collect taxes as cheaply and efficiently as possible, and what they would do is that they would employ men who lived in the region and were from the region where they had to collect tax. And so Jewish men were uh, given and awarded the right to collect taxes, and the rest of the Jews did not like that very much. The Jews were very nationalistic, and so they saw their fellow countrymen working for Rome, who was the enemy, the occupiers, right? And they considered these taxmen sellouts and traitors because they were betraying the rest of the Jewish people by working for Rome. And so, to make matters worse, most tax collectors had a terrible reputation because they would extort people, they would bribe people, they would pull more money out of people's pockets than they really owed, and then they would line their own pocket. And so, um, in our day and age, we would say this, they got the golden parachutes. That's, That's who the tax collectors were and they were hated because of it. And so Jesus walks up to a tax collector's booth where Matthew is sitting. He's a tax collector, one of the most despised and looked down people on the, in the culture. And he says, follow me, be my disciple. And that was a shocker. But the bigger shock was what happened next. In verse 9, Matthew says, I'll follow you. Jesus says, follow me, and he does. But what happens in verse 10? In verse 10, Jesus goes to Matthew's house to eat. Now, your text doesn't say that in Matthew. But if we read the parallel account in Luke chapter 5, Luke says that Levi, which is another word for Matthew, had a great feast at his house. And so we know this is Matthew's house, and there's, the, there's a party going on there. And in Matthew, verses 10 and 11 of chapter 9, we get the guest list. The guest list. Who's at the party? Many tax collectors and sinners are there. Jesus is there. Jesus' disciples are there. And then somewhere in the mix, in verse 11, we learn that the Pharisees are also there. They're not really there because they weren't on the guest list, but 
They are able to see that Jesus and his disciples are there. They are able to see that there's a party going on. And so maybe Matthew has a big backyard. Maybe he has an expansive porch or veranda or something. But somehow the Pharisees know what's going on and they are kind of apart, although at arm's length. And so at the party we have Matthew, we have Jesus, we have tax collectors and sinners, we have the disciples, and because Matthew invited his friends to meet this guy named Jesus who just changed his life, we have a lot of people there who are referred to as sinners. And it's understandable because no one but other tax collectors and sinners are going to be friends of a guy like Matthew. Have you ever heard, you are what you eat? Yes, yes. When you were exchanging your favorite foods (laughs) with people uh, earlier today, uh, Paul Studevin and I exchanged, you know, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite food? And both of our favorite food is sugar. (laughs) That's it. And so that doesn't bode well for us because you are what you eat, right? That, that doesn't go well if we want to live a long life. But equally true uh, is you are who you eat with. If it's true you are what you eat, then it's also, maybe more importantly, you are who you eat with. And Matthew was a sinner. And the word sinner here doesn't mean that some people are sinners and other people aren't. It means we all fall short. Everybody's a sinner. It just means that in Jesus' day, there was this derogatory term, there was this derogatory catch-all for a group of people who did not care about breaking Jewish law, and Matthew was one of those people. You could not be a tax collector in first century um, Jewish, in first century Israel, without ignoring God's law. Tax collectors were included in Jesus' day on the list of things that were labeled unclean. If you go back in the Old Testament, there are things that were unclean for God's people, things like insects and snakes and pigs, and so you had to avoid those people or those things. You couldn't even touch them. And in Jesus' day, tax collectors was on that list. And so every Jew everywhere avoided Matthew at all cost. And the thing is, he did not care. And his friends did not care. That's why they were labeled sinners. Sinners. And so Matthew was a man everybody hated. And only friends a man like this has are people who are also hated. People who are outcasts, people who don't care about living up to God's law, thieves and prostitutes and drunkards, and let's throw Gentiles in there too, because Matthew would have had some Gentile friends, some Roman friends that he worked with or worked for at the party. And so here's Jesus in the middle. He's the esteemed rabbi. He's the one who is holy, right? And he's in the middle of this mix, eating in Jesus' day, was very central to life. I don't know that we realize how central. We, we are more of a drive-through society, right? Fast food. Uh, if we eat at a table at our home across from each other in our family more than three or four times a week, we're probably in the upper percentile. Just because that's, you know, eating is not as central. It should be, but we've gotten away from that, Right? In Jesus' day, 
who you ate with was a statement of who you loved, who you cared for. It was a statement of who you wanted to associate with. It was a statement of who you affirmed in your life, who you considered a part of your social class. And so here's Jesus, and what is he communicating by going to Matthew's house and eating with Matthew and his sinner friends? He's communicating friendship. He's communicating value and worth. He's communicating love. He's communicating to these outcast people, you matter. Something happens around a dinner table that can never happen in a sanctuary. And the ones not invited to the party kind of see all this, the Pharisees. And they they start pointing a finger at Jesus. Why in the world are you doing this? And that's a really good question because the Pharisees were worried about contamination. The Old Testament laws were there for a reason. The Old Testament laws were written to keep Jewish people separate from all of the other people. And they worked. For centuries, they worked. They kept the Jewish people separate. It was way too much of a hassle to try to sit down with a Gentile and obey all of the laws that God gave you uh, when it came to eating. And so they didn't. They didn't eat with anybody but Jewish people. And yet, here's the rabbi Jesus eating with Gentiles and sinners and people who do not care about keeping God's law. Why is he doing this? The rabbis had a pretty good point because Jesus is about to be surrounded by uncleanliness. The word we would probably use is contamination. Jesus is about to be contaminated. And the Pharisees are looking at this and saying, why in the world would he do that? And so let's ask the same question. Why does Jesus go to eat with Matthew and extortionists and murderers and prostitutes? And on top of that, why does he drag his disciples along to eat there with him? And we get a clue in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. It's always good to read chapter 8 before you read chapter 9, and then chapter 10, and then that's that's how you read the Bible, straight through, right? And in chapter 8, we find this great story of a leper who comes to Jesus, and he just says to Jesus, I know you can heal me if you will it, or if you want to. Or another way to say that is, if you just think it, I know you can heal me because you're God. You can do anything, and whatever God thinks is. So if you just think it, you can heal me. But Jesus doesn't just think it. He doesn't just will it to be. He actually touches the leper. Lepers in that day were like tax collectors. They were unclean. It was actually illegal for a guy like that to come up to Jesus and say, would you heal me because of his uncleanliness? It was illegal for him to do that. And if Jesus touches the man, Jesus has to go to the priests and go through all the kind of rituals so that he can be cleansed again. And yet he touches this man and doesn't do that. What's going on here? Let me explain it this way. I have for three weeks... I have worn the same white shirt, says bless, and you'll see the bless shirts running around here. And uh, I have two more weeks to go, okay? So here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep this shirt clean, right? Yes, I'm not eating in this shirt. When I get home, I change uh, before I bring out the pizza and the hot wings and the sugar, okay? (laughs) 
because the stain always wins. That's the way it works in food world. You're having barbecue, and that barbecue sauce drips on your shirt. Guess what? Barbecue sauce wins. Your shirt is no longer white. And the same thing that is true in laundry is true in theology. All religion is based on the fact that the stain always wins. And so we do whatever we can to keep ourselves from the stains. We work really hard to become really good and really good enough for heaven by keeping the stains away from us. And if we're going to be good for, for heaven, we've got to keep the defiled away from us. We have to stay from, away from the immoral people. We have to stay away from people who might drag us down. You have to stay away from the stains because the stains will always win and they will always disqualify you. That's what we think. But here's what Jesus is showing us here. He's saying that when I'm on the scene, the normal way isn't normal anymore. It's the opposite. Jesus Christ touches the man, the leper, and he heals them. And in that act, he's saying this, nothing can make me unclean. Anything, anyone I touch, anyone I connect with, anyone I have a relationship with, no matter how defiled you feel yourself to be, no matter what's on your record, no matter what you've done, no matter how ashamed of yourself you are, no matter what has been done to you, no matter how stained you are, no matter how guilty you are, no matter how defiled you think you are, when I'm in relationship with you, I make you instantly clean because it works the opposite way. The stain no longer wins. It's the white shirt that wins. It's Jesus and His holiness that wins. And the stain doesn't have a chance. And that's why Jesus was there at Matthew's house. That's why He took His disciples along, because contact with Jesus changes the way you relate to the world. Jesus changes everything He says it himself in his answer back in Matthew chapter 9. He says, I'm the doctor who is immune to the disease. I am bringing the cure to everyone who is sick because I'm immune from the disease. And I don't need a surgery table to heal everybody. A dining table will do just fine. Because there's something that happens around a dinner table that can't happen in a sanctuary. And maybe that's why Jesus brought the dinner table into the sanctuary. Isn't that an amazing thing? That on his last night with his disciples, Jesus used a meal. And he said, this is how I want you to remember what I've done for you. This is how I want you to remember that in me all the stains disappear. When you are with me, you are white, you are holy, you are righteous. And I want you to remember that truth around a table where we can dine together. If you're serving today, I want you to get in place because we're going to come around this table. It's what we do every week. This meal is the centerpiece of who we are as believers in Jesus. And He invites everyone to it. It's the only table you'll find. It's the only dining experience that is not exclusive. There's a chair for everyone who wants one, 
the table is as big as it needs to be because Jesus invites us all. And if we are willing to say yes, we can be free. We can be white. We can be righteous. We can be holy in Him.